Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. So, how about some fun? Um, I want this to be an escape from all this Corona, COVID, Heineken, whatever the heck we're calling this uh, house arrest that we're all under. It's a crazy time. It, it is for sure. And it's kind of unprecedented. Uh, but let this be an escape from all that. This is going to be the only mention of that in this program. Um, and, you know, all the political crap and everything else you have to hear. You can't imagine how I feel like half of the words in the English language I have muted across our social media platforms. And that's not as an act of censorship. It's just an act of self-preservation. So... Anyway, uh, I welcome you. Uh, got a great show for you. Uh, have you seen Iron Resurrection yet? Um, it's a great show um, that uh, stars uh, the Martin Brothers along with, of course, uh, Joe's wife, Mandy, and uh, his best friend, uh, Shag Arrington. And we got Shag on to tell us all about the show. They're just um, Their season four finale is actually this evening, and we uh, encourage you to check that out. And on Velocity. Uh, and again, it's, it's a great uh, season finale. Shag's a great guy. We had a great talk, uh, and I'm excited for you guys to check that out uh, and hear Shag on. But before we get to that, i got to pay a few bills here. Again, we want to thank Anchor at anchor.fm. As you know, we're now a proud member of the iHeartRadio family, and you can check out this program across all places you get your podcasts, and we encourage you to go to iHeartRadio and or Anchor.fm. Both have, of course, have great streaming apps across uh, all the uh, iPhones and Androids and all those good things, and anywhere anywhere else that you consume your podcast, uh, we're now there, Spotify as well. I want to thank the fine folks at Blackstone Labs. Uh, I Before, again, all this craziness happened, I was beginning a kickboxing program, and uh, and Blackstone Labs has been really been fueling uh, me with the, all the protein uh, and the amino acids that have been really kind of keeping me rolling. I've been having to kind of alter my workouts now, uh, but I can't wait to get kind of get back up there and... Um, I've been trying to kind of pound the bag there, as it were, in the, in, the, in my garage, but it's not quite the same. But uh, but I'm grateful to Blackstone Labs for uh, uh, for keeping uh, me rolling on that. And uh, also, and with the boxing gloves, uh, shout out to our sponsor, Sansible, uh, for um, uh, it's the best boxing gloves I've ever worn. And not that I'm an expert, but uh, uh, these are perfect for me. So. Anyway, want to thank them. Also, want to thank Belveda. Uh, you can find their new uh, all chocolate cookie cream in all the breakfast aisles or wherever snacks are sold. Uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter under the name Tricky Kid and the number two. Uh, I'm under I two. I'm sorry, Instagram under DJ Tricky Kid. Uh, you can find us on Facebook under Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. Uh, and of course, we're on every other different uh, platform. Again, where you consume your uh, podcast, Pandora, uh, Spotify, uh, the whole bit there. So anyway, uh, so what we're going to do now is I want to tell you, I always like also like supporting, um, you know, good music and new music. And I just got, uh, turned on to some, 
uh, pretty cool stuff uh, just in this past week, and I wanted to, to spread the love there and share that with you. So as usual, we're going to do the song of the week, and uh, and then we'll get to our guest. So let me tell you about the song of the week. Okay, so uh, I might be a little late to the party here, but um, I don't know, I guess about a week ago, whatever, I was intrigued. Uh, somebody on social media had, I don't know, they had reached out to me or they retweeted something I had said. And I was checking them out, and it's a hip-hop artist named, uh, named Chef Sean. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is kind of cool. And he was actually um, kind of outsourcing some, you know, like, hey, you know, check out my new song. And kind of wanting some some feedback. Uh, the new song is actually is called No Name. Um, and it features a girl named, uh, I guess it's Sia, S-I-Y-A. And I checked it out and everything else. And I got I to gotta be honest, uh, it, you know, it's cool. But uh, while doing that, I actually found another track. And this track is actually not new. It's about five years old. And it says Chef John, uh, uh, Sean McCurry with a guy named Blaze. Now, if there's a Blaze I'm thinking of, I know who Blaze is. And anyway, it's uh, there's this great video on it. There's a, a really fun song called Stash in the Hoopty, <laughs> uh, which is great fun. And um, it's kind of unlikely. It's kind of got this rock rap thing going on. And there's like a live band. And, and it looks like four guys who look like Sammy Hagar. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was intriguing. So, you know, so if... So, Sean, if you're listening, man, and you're actually looking for advice, uh, No Name is cool, but... Um, you know, I feel like I, I, I am hearing a lot of that real kind of slick auto-tune type kind of thing that, you know, um, you know, it was, the video was cool. Uh, Sean likes the ladies. I like the ladies. And there are some fine ass ladies in this no-name video. And I'd rather be looking at them than them Sammy Hagar looking motherfuckers in, uh, in Stash in the Hoopty video. But the song I actually preferred. So anyway, uh, so that's what I'm going to play for you. So this is Chef Sean and Blaze. Again, I think this song's about four or five years old, but I'm a little late to the party. But hey, better late than never. And then we'll be right back uh, with Shag Arrington uh, from Iron Reservoir. Nigga reach for my shit. 
and his fist gripped the chrome four-fifth. Bowl stash, pockets of cold cash, cut straws and cocaine. Blunt guts and double cups of codeine. Whip slick tags, not in my name. Blow gas, got bags of propane. Stash slick, cop can eat my dick. Same punk in high school, probably fuck this bitch. Probably fuck this hoe. Had a ride shotgun and he ain't know she go. <laughs> Gun up, yeah, I wish a punk could run up They with the turn up, no telling where to turn up I pull up, out the window with the bang out Don't do me, get the guns, get the drugs and hit the stash in the hoopty Grip the chrome for fifth. What's up? This is the infamous serial wax killer, Beastie Boys DJ Assassin, Mix Master Mike, and you're tuned in to my man DJ Tricky Kid. Don't be a clown, don't sleep. Check it out, y'all. Again, that was Chef Sean. Check him out. Uh, he's got some uh, a pretty big following on uh, on his YouTube channel. Uh, got some great high production videos. Again, the new track is called No Name. I just played an older one called Stash and the Hoopty. Uh, but check my man out. Uh, he's uh, looks like, like a lot of fun, and hopefully when we're no longer under house arrest, I can see this dude do this shit for real so in person. So anyway, so let me bring on uh, my man Shag Arrington. The show is called Iron Resurrection. It's some these works of art for cars. So if you're a gearhead or whatever, man, uh, this is great. And Shag's a great dude. So check it out. This is- hey man, what's up? Thanks for having me. So okay, so tonight's a big night, right? Yeah, tonight's the finale. Tonight is the last episode in our fourth season. Wow. So you guys switched over to to uh, Velocity from Discovery. Was it th- this season or last season? Well, so Velocity was is owned by Discovery. And actually recently we changed to Motor Trend 
So we went from velocity to motor trend in the last, I think it's been about a year and a half. I see. Okay, okay. But but it's all kind of within the, the same company, though, right? Because it, it is. It's all still under the, yeah, the, Disney, the Discovery <laughs> umbrella. I see. Okay. Uh, they just they just did a name change. I, as long as the checks are signed, who who really cares, right? right, right. <laughs> well, you know, I will say the Motor Trend was just a name change. It was a merger. So you know, the Motor Trend, the magazine, and that whole family of magazines and all their digital properties. So now we're all together as one big group of like you know gearheads and motor enthusiasts, which is really cool. It, it expands. Hopefully, it expands the audience. You know, uh, uh, for sure, absolutely. I uh, I just got back from uh, the Peterson Museum in Los Angeles. Oh, I, I really. I should say before all this stuff started, but I was there uh, in late February. Was it late January, early February? Uh, that that exhibit. I'm so jealous because I've seen so many of my friends have made it out there, taking pictures and posts, and it, what an amazing exhibit of of just iconic pop culture and historical vehicles oh my gosh well you know it's so funny i I wish i could claim to be the world's biggest gearhead obviously i like this stuff i watch iron resurrection and a few other like-minded shows but i was primarily there as in a in a in a press capacity uh because james hetfield from metallica was uh having a like a fireside chat because he was he had donated about 10 of his cars oh yeah and and it was his thing so i was there for that and and i i for whatever reason was unfamiliar or was unprepared that i was also going to get to walk around and see the car from you know death race 2000 and and uh you know the batmobile and all that kind of stuff What, what is has there been anything that you guys have been directly hands-on that is something of that nature that's been in pop culture or was used and something like that you know we haven't we haven't built for like a a movie or anything like that uh i I just think that some of joe's and the guys built have become a little iconic over time you know joe's been doing the both motorcycles and in cars for many many years and uh, the motorcycles are what put him on the map in the early 2000s. But he's always done cars. Right. He's always built cars. It's just, you know, you kind of got to go with the trends. But uh, motorcycles brought in the spotlight. Um, and he's always, he's a really humble guy. He's, and he's, you know, he's, always, uh, he's, he's tried to stay relevant, stay busy it, the years, throughout the crashes, throughout the changes of taste and trends. And we, we're, we're blessed. We're lucky that we got back. And now we're showcasing uh, what we do from a car perspective. Uh, for sure. And one thing I, I think also that's really cool is that, you know, I know Richard, of course, up here in Dallas with the with, oh, yeah. with the Gas Monkey Garage, but I think it's kind of cool that typically when you think of custom cars in America, um, you think of, of course, the, the, the custom car culture that's out in California. And, oh, yeah, you think of where, and you think of where American cars are made, of course, in Michigan and, and Motor City and all that. But what I think is really cool is that you guys are really kind of representing the state of Texas, um, <clears throat> really kind of putting this really fun uh, southern spin on things. And it, it really kind of, uh, you know, maybe exposes or, or introduces southern culture to a lot of people that may not have been exposed to it before. You know, I think the custom car culture is exists everywhere. If there's just larger pockets in certain areas. 
But, but I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. You know, to me, Joe's timeless. I'm a little biased, but I think Joe's style, hey, I mean, sorry, let me back up. I think his style is very timeless. Yeah. You yeah. know, he builds what he likes and what he thinks is cool. And, and, and other people think it's cool as well. But, but what I see in his style is, hey, if he builds it 20 years ago, or if you look at what he builds today in 20 or 30 years from now, it's still going to be cool. It doesn't have that uh, that stamp of oh man, look that must have been built in the nineties or hey that was you know right. it's, it's a very timeless style that and, and, and as well as others do. You know, I'm a big fan of Chip. So you know Ken Dick creates a very timeless style. There's a lot, I mean there's really a lot of guys out there that do that, but there are also guys that you know they really stick true to the current trends and build to that. So for those who haven't seen the show, um, and I also like we also have a lot of. Um, you know, people, of course, in Austin that work in the in the uh, you know the movie and TV industry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always, uh, you know, th- our listeners are really kind of voracious to find out about how a show like this kind of be- becomes a reality or kind of gets developed. So, did you guys have something, or did Joe and his brother have something going on and pitched it to a network, or did the network come to you? You know what? It's a great question. So, like I was saying early in the t- early two thousands. Joe got a lot of attention because of his uh, his motor, motorcycle builds, which because of that got him. Uh, he was able to compete on the ultimate or the biker build off shows. There was a series of biker build offs, and he competed, I think, in five or six of those. And then he actually competed in the the world biker build off and won. Because of that history with TV and staying relevant. Uh, and, and his brother, Jason, is very creative, always thinking, always looking for something like the new project. He's one of those guys that his brain never stops working. And he had come up with the idea of, hey, how cool would it be to showcase what we've been up to since the economy's crashed and the bike thing has kind of uh, dropped in popularity? You know, we haven't stopped being busy. We should, we, well, let me, let's pitch that idea. So uh, I had already moved to Austin by that point. I'm, I'm born and raised in Fort Worth, but I'd moved down to Austin for work. And uh, we shot this pitch reel of kind of like, hey, what we've been, you know, what, this is what we've been up to. And it got picked up. I, th- I think it, it got shown around for about a year and was immediately picked up by Discovery and Velocity at the time. And then we started shooting. Uh, so it came together because it was an idea of Jason's. And uh, we've been going, you know, we've been going along ever since. But there was a minor change. The initial pitch reel was going to build 50% bikes, 50% cars. And then uh, the network was, you know, with the popularity of the car builds and the, you know, the, the custom builds, let's just do all cars. So that's what we, that's what we're doing. And, and, and does the, do they have a say so in that? Like, I mean, like when you, you have the pitch, but is it kind of a, like, we're going to pick it up, but it's going to be conditional that we have some kind of control over what you're building. You know, there's, it's a conversation. You know, I don't want right. to say that one side has more influence over the other. I, well, the one side that does is, is Joe. At the end of the day, it's his product that's being built, meaning what we're putting out showcases his capabilities and the shop's capabilities and all the guy's craftsmanship. And so he does have a heavy say in that. And also, you know, but the network doesn't want us doing the same thing too much or showcasing the same types of builds too much. So it's, it's very much a conversation as we go into each season. We sit down and say, hey, here's, you know, here's our customer list. Here's... Here's what we've got uh, that we need to build for our customers, but you know we can't build four novas. That's how the list is. You know, we're not going to do four novas in one season. Right. So you know, it's it's a conversation on 
what will be unique and different and you know which customers are wanting to do more to the vehicle because there's you know you can do minor modifications you can go all the way to a frame off a frame off build and uh, you want to keep it interesting but also manage that workload well, you know, the thing that I mentioned also about the Texas thing was this, and this isn't a knock on anybody else, whatever, but whenever I was talking with, with, with James from Metallica about this, one of the things that he talked a lot about was was that his introduction into car culture was actually something that was very, very elitist in a sense, meaning that even though he was, you know, this he's this big famous musician guy, um, in order to be a part of this actual car club that he's a part of, he had actually had to receive, you know, sponsorship by one of the elder members and and all that kind of thing. And and that's all cool and that has all has all of its place. But you know, I too was born and raised in Fort Worth, and so I I, I like the the you know the show doesn't really seem to have any. It's a, it's a different side of car culture, I guess you would say, that seems to be a little more uh, palatable or welcome for all. It's pretty, you know, we're we're not a, we're not members of any clubs, like car clubs, but we're friends with all of them, right? And 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 I know what James is talking about. And yeah, to become to be a part of a club like that, you know, there's there's a local club, the Continentals, great guys, some really good friends of mine are in that club, and you know, but they do have their criteria to be in the club, and rightfully so. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's that's their thing, and they they got to represent, they got to keep a certain you know value, and you know. I don't want to say brand value, but the characteristics of the organization. You know, we, we just, we do it for just our love of cool, really. <laughs> we just like to do and yeah. do cool stuff, you know, and so we, we, we just try to stay neutral to everybody. Well, I think those things have, have their place as well, like you mentioned. I mean, you know, you those things have that name and that immediate brand recognition because they trim the fat, you know what I mean? But but Absolutely. I, I just mean that but there's people out there that will never be able to get into those those, those clubs that are able to kind of vicariously uh, in a sense just still be able to kind of you know be a be a part of this and see what's going on and and you guys like you said you're kind of a satellite that kind of orbits that world. You're friendly with them all and that's kind of the way to do it, right? I mean the best way to do it is just if you have a love of the if you have a love and a passion for it, you you know get projects Show them off, you know, go to shops, go to shows, just be involved. You really don't even have to do that to still be considered part of the culture, I think. Yeah. You know, just like my dad, I've said this before, but my dad's always told me, you know, be proud of what you drive and be proud of what you do. And if if you're proud of what you drive, you don't need, you know, you don't need a moniker or a club or anybody to, to validate that. Yeah. You know, or justify it. It's just you, you know, if you, if you feel it, then that's what you're. Then you're in it. <laughs> right, right. I can remember whenever I was younger, uh, the the rock band Ministry had a, had a had oh a, yeah. They had a hit song called uh, "Jesus Built My Hot Rod." Yes, and, I remember. And the quote on the back of the shirt was, uh, "I don't want to. I don't want to miss. I don't want to flub it." But I think it was something to the effect of, uh, "No man with a with a decent car needs to be justified," or sort of something. Something like, it was something very, uh, you know, uh, significantly, you know. <laughs> Final. It's one hundred percent correct. You're right. Yeah. If, if, if you're driving around, man, and you feel top of the world, and you're proud, I don't care what it is you're driving. But if it makes you feel a certain way, and like I feel like a, the the best version of you, who is anybody anybody to say it's not cool or it's lame or whatever? Right. It's all about how you feel and what you like. That's right. That's right. 
Now, did you have to, since there were two Jasons, because you're you're actually uh, Jason uh, is your first name. Did you yeah. did you have to get a, a nickname because of, no, of no. Joe's brother? <laughs> no, I didn't have that before. Like, oh, is that, is that your TV name? I'm like, no, no. I uh, I'm a skinny. I was a skinny redheaded kid growing up in Fort Worth, and some really good friends of mine. And around seventh or eighth grade, asked. Yeah, it was funny. It was in class. I went to I went to Wayside Middle School. And uh, my buddy John was like, hey, man, has anybody ever told you Shaggy on Scooby-Doo? And he didn't <laughs> say it viciously, you know. He's just right. pointing something out in the moment. And uh, everybody heard him. You know, a lot of people heard him. And it just kind of spread. And I think by the end of that year, that's how it was known. You know, teachers and parents and everybody was Shaggy, Shaggy for so many years. And, uh, and then it became Shag, and I've tried to, I, I've even gone into situations where I've you know, introduced myself as Jason Arrington, like, you know, professional environments. Right. And, and still, somebody there would be like, no, nah, man, I don't know who this Jason guy is, but you look just like my friend Shag. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's stuck, you know, it's just one of those nicknames I didn't give myself. And at the time, let's be real, early 80s. Uh, Shaggy on Scooby-Doo wasn't cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> he wasn't. The, he wasn't the coolest thing to be compared to. But over time, he's become cool, and and uh, the name Shag, thanks to Mike Myers and some other things, has become pretty cool. Oh yeah, I thought about that too. The uh, the Austin Powers thing and all that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right about that because I mean, you know, most most you know high school girls, whenever you were in school, probably weren't going to want to be erroneously linked to the to the Shaggy guy, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The guy. The, the, Big ginger, or the skinny ginger with a big head of hair. Right, right. But, but hey, but you embraced it, and it's your tag, and and so you know, there you have it, right? So what? There it is. What high school did you go to in in Fort Worth? Boswell. I went to Boswell High School in Eagle Mountain. Oh, okay, okay. And I mean, if we're talking Fort Worth, so I, I grew up on the north side of Fort Worth, around Twenty Sixth and Long. Okay. And and then uh, I relocated to Saginaw, and I think it was the end of my fifth grade year. And uh, then finished school in Saginaw, and then moved uh, moved over near, near Keller. Okay. Until I moved until I moved to Austin. I was in I was in south of Keller. And what's the name? Park Glen? Is that? I think so. I, I yeah, it's, it's been a while. I went to uh, actually I graduated from from Richland Hills High School. So it's, oh yeah, yeah not... that's where my mom graduated from. Oh, okay, so we had we had that in common. I, I spent a few years out in Crowley. My family oh, moved. Yeah. My family moved to Texas in 87 whenever I was about 12, and then I went to school out there for a few years and then moved to the Mid-Cities area and uh, was out there for a long time, so almost 20 years. So I, I know the area. I, I tell you that to let you know that I, I'm, we're from the, we're cut from that same bolt of cloth there, you know, from that Man, same we may, area. We may have a bunch of mutual friends, we just don't know it yet. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was kind of thinking. I was thinking like, you know, off the air, you and I drinking a beer, we're like, oh yeah, I know so-and-so. So that, that's, oh, yeah. that's awesome, man. So For sure, man. I, I mean, I love it. My roots, I mean, I haven't changed my phone number. I've lived in Austin for 15 years. I haven't changed my phone number. I love where I was born and raised. I had a lot of fun. You know, I love downtown Fort Worth. I love the people there. I mean, it just—it's my—it's not not because it's my hometown. It's just—it's just a great place. Now, recently, when I go back, the population's crazy. Like the traffic and everything has gotten insane. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I still love getting back and seeing family and friends. And you know, my grandpa's ninety-five years old. Oh. Every time I go back to town, I make a point to go see him every single time. Oh, bless him and, and bless and, you for doing that. 
Yeah, thanks, man. He's he's he's, he's like uh, he's my hero. You know, he's uh, he's the ultimate. He's the perfect example of a man that's raised me and taught me how to treat people. And you know, it sucks because this he's he's not a big phone talker. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been trying to call and check up on him during all this stuff. You know, and uh, you know we'll be talking. Like, all right, Jay. Well, that's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you know, I, I think about that a lot too. My mother is is still in Bedford right now, and she's by herself, and uh, and and she's somebody that you know everybody is in or some sort of danger, some more than others, yeah. and not just because of their age, but uh, so I, I, I'm with you on that too. I'm we're quite concerned. We're hoping to be able to spend Easter together on Sunday, but uh, but you know, but you know, I'll say this, my friend, is that uh, I like to think that not only, that I have a strong. Uh, environment around me, and I think it was indicative of the geography. Because I, I can tell you've got that proper man strength in your voice by, by talking Thanks, to you. Uh, and I, I like to think something else that we have, we have in common as well. So that's uh, I think that that you carry that on screen. So whenever you see the show, I recognize it because because I'm around it. You know what I mean? And that's so that's kind of what yeah. I mean about how you kind of project that whenever you're on screen. And something else I was going to ask you too was that for me, uh, talking about my mom, she really loved the show American Pickers and she really loved the show, oh, yeah. the, uh, the, the, what is it? The American, um, re- restoration. Is that what it is? The, um, mm-hmm. and is it, is it, a, is it, uh, is it a, I know it's American Pickers and then there's that restoration. It's the guys, they find old relics and they bring them back to life. Like the old gas. Right. I, I, I think machines. Right. Right. I think they, they stuck with the American thing because it was a, you know, it was kind of a recognizable, tie-in to yeah, the American Pickers thing. Well, so she loves those two shows, and whenever I was telling her about this show, I was like, it's those two shows combined, and it's set right here in Texas. Well, there you go. It's a formula for perfect. They're awesome. <laughs> so was that how it was pitched? No. No, I mean, there, it's funny you say American Pickers because that was mentioned in, you know, in the idea. Um because there, you know, when you go to the, some of these yards and some of these lots and people's uh, collection, there's always going to be that Americana, you know, that right. roadside Americana type stuff or automobilia, and so we're always on the hunt for those things as well. A lot of this stuff doesn't make, the, you know, make the final cut. Um, like I found a 12 foot big boy, authentic, original 1956 big boy statue. Oh my and god! I ended, up, I ended up buying that. You can see it in the background, but they didn't air us buying it and delivering it. Oh, so. But so there's that definitely that aspect of the American Pickers piece, and Amanda is an eagle eye. I mean, we show up with a purpose. You know, we go to these different yards and different places looking for certain parts or you know vehicles. But man, you can't get anything past her. If you have something valuable, you need to lock it up because she's gonna see it, and if, she, and if she's gonna make it, you know, we're gonna make an offer on it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that, that, that part is very similar. Uh, the, the American Picker part, uh, and then the rest is. I get, you know, it's, it's a combination of, I guess, just, yeah, I guess there's a bit of the restoration, but we don't do full restoration. There's a lot of custom involved, so that's why I look at it as more of like the craftsmanship of an artistry of Joe and the guys. Right, right. Where, where he does a good job, I think, bringing things back to original, man, that's, it's, you know, the name of the shop is Martin Brothers Customs. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, right. We don't do many back to number matching, you know, restorations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like an upholstery shop where you can bring in your old chair. It's, I mean, there's a, 
it's got its own own thing going there for sure. Yeah, and and, and that's against that stuff. I mean, people. Yeah. You come to you come to Martin Brothers because of the style of what they create and because of that custom element. And if you're wanting to go full restoration, you know, you go to a shop that that that's their expertise. Well, yeah, yeah, for um, sure, sure. And we're not knocking anybody, but I, I, I no, no, not at all. But I did want to de- if you if you don't mind, uh, I did want to try to maybe debunk something uh, just for fun. Uh-huh. And uh, so it's you know. Again, back to my mom. She comes from a an, an era where I didn't want to have to tell her that how to make just out of practicality how these shows are made. That when I think Mike Wolf and his buddy Frank go in for the pick, that it's 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 kind of a it's like it's like watching wrestling. It's kind of a, a fabricated dance in a sense. How how does your y'all's pick when you guys are doing it how does it compare because it seems very much very authentic as compared because when i see american pickers it doesn't take away my enjoyment of it but it's very very clear that this is not really what we're seeing here you know what i mean so yeah yeah well there's that's a good that's a cool question that's a very fair question there's been situations where it's our first time to a location so what we do to keep that authentic is if me and if me or Mandy or Joe or somebody has talked to somebody about coming out and seeing what they have, our production company will call afterwards and say, hey, we're actually shooting this show. Is it okay if we shoot while we're there? Or while, while Joe and Amanda, or while Shag and Joe and Amanda come by, or the Shag and Amanda, whoever it may be going. And, uh, you know, and so what they do is the production company will show up about 30, 45 minutes before us and get everyone mic'd up kind of walk the land so they can from production tv production side of things they right. they see they know the outline of, of what's happening and then genuinely when me and amanda show up we're mic and we walk up and we're meeting these people for the first time and seeing what they have for the first time and that's all it's all authentic and genuine oh good um and because I, I used to watch those shows too. Like, ah, that's bs they're already mic'd yeah never thinking about the, the logistics of that um but when we have a comfort level with people and we know we've been back there multiple times. You know, we do with Bama and Reyes and some of the other people. Uh, it's it's just like having it's like going to your friend's house and walking in and opening the fridge. You know, you know what to expect. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we get there and we, we know what we're looking for. We know we know what kind of negotiated they are. We're there to have fun and see what else they're trying to hide from us or uh, what they've gotten new. So, uh, you know, we do tr- we do try to stay true to ourselves and then stay true to who we are on and off TV. Um, there is the there's the occasional suggestions of, you know, hey, what what about this? What if you were, what if what if you were thinking this way or said this? Eh, and if it doesn't feel right, we just we don't do it. Well, you know, I think it comes off on screen too, and because again, like I said, because I've watched other stuff too, and I and I know how TV works and the practicalities and stuff. That like again, you're it's not going to be one thousand percent of you guys just surprising these people and no no good camera shots no good audio i mean we do have to make a tv show here and i, and I appreciate yeah. that but i think you guys are you're able to kind of suspend your disbelief about those just those type of production you know elements in a sense and, and I'll, I'll say this to you since you grew up in texas you probably know might know who i'm talking about here but i'll i have a much bigger appreciation for all those things now because i'm currently right now we are currently in uh, production right now for a theatrical 
uh, professional documentary on a band from Houston called King's X. Do you remember those guys from oh, the late eighties? Yeah, 80s? absolutely. So uh, we're about that's awesome. So we're about two years in uh, right now, and I will actually will have uh, uh, something like like a teaser will be coming up on April twentieth. And uh, I'll be glad to send it to you if you'd like to check it out. But, oh, please do, man. I'd love to see it. But I mention it because it's kind of like, you know, those guys are, you know, very authentic guys. And and when we're doing it, I've learned like, oh, my God, this is like the American Pickers thing where I, I even though it's a documentary, I have to be like, guys, let me go into the restaurant. We have to go into the restaurant first. We have to, you know, you know what I mean? Like Exactly. It's, and they're all like, well, this isn't going to be like, well, it, it's just not, it can't be real, real, you know? It's, it's, and, and you know there are cameras around us when we do have to do public things like car shows and swap meets I mean it's we're not ignorant to the fact that people are curious of what's going on you know and there's there's a lot of cameras walking around and you've got to be aware of that you have to be self-aware of that and uh, not play like they're not there yeah right you know yeah. I, I actually I mess up a lot because I, I look at the camera like I want to talk to the camera like and my thing is, like, people know we're shooting a TV show. Let me talk directly to the camera. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then she's saying, no, you can't do that. You can't break the fourth wall. And I'm like, man, come on. Brian Reynolds does it. Deadpool. Ferris <laughs> <laughs> Bueller did it. Like, I can do it. Well, Shag, if you were, if you were on my set. I compare myself to those two. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were on my set, you and I would be butting heads over that. Because I've got a camera looker in this band as well that I'm constantly having to go, yeah. don't look in the I'm fucking camera. Now my goal is to try to sneak it in. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say, you know, uh, you're, you're talking about something a second ago. Oh, the one thing that is difficult is we've got a lot of super talented people in the shop, and everybody is, um, you know, amazing at their skill set, and everyone respects each other's skill set. And also on top of that, man, there are a lot of characters and a lot of funny people. So where we do have struggles is someone may not have a camera on them or they may not have their mic on and they, they say something that's just gold and it's it's like in the moment it's authentic and so they'll stop they're like oh my gosh that was perfect turn your mic on can you say that again <laughs> and then you know and, and sometimes that takes away from it yeah but when you're having that much fun and you're you're in that zone and our guy our production is so good about stopping us so we don't lose that mental thought right you know and allow us to catch some of those those you know those lines or, or whatever, they're all original, but, you know, occasionally we'll have to say them again. And, and, and sometimes it's because there's not a camera on it or somebody's working in the background and it's really loud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, Mike's in the background grinding over the top of Joe saying something like, oh, hold on, hold on, Mike, hold on a second. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a still shop. You know, it's still a shop. We got to get, you know, we, we got to pump the product out. I mean, because it just can't, you know, the documentary gods aren't going to be shining on you 24 hours a day, you know, and I can, I can relate to that. Uh, like I said, uh, the singer Doug Pennick, um, he, God, he gets so angry at me because we'll, <laughs> we will be in the, because he's just all about this idealistic sense of, of realism and, and it somehow makes him somehow trust me less or gives him the opinion I'm some type of Hollywood fraud or something because like we'll be in the studio where they're recording their first record right now for the first time in like 12 years and he said something one day that was so perfect that it even gave us the title of the film 
and, oh, it's amazing. And but I didn't have we didn't have it going on from a production standpoint. So I was like, oh my god, turn the camera on. And I was like, Doug, can you say that again? And he was like, fuck no, I'm not gonna say that again. I was like, Doug, you gotta say it again. It's perfect. So I, I, I know. Thankfully, you guys are a little bit more up for it, and you understand how to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Jay, you're, it's funny you say that. You're like the love and hate. You know, I, we've all become really good friends with the production crew. They're all local guys, and. You know, there's days that me and James, our, our director, we go in and we clash. And for that reason, you know, he's got ideas and he's getting direction from the network. And then we're, we're just trying to stay authentic to who we are. And so right, right. there's definitely those days where I'm like, come on, dude, we're friends. Don't, why would you ask me to do that? Or why would you whatever? <laughs> and it's because he's doing his job. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's talking to the editors and the storytellers of our show. And they're saying, hey, we need this. Um but uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's it's one of those things you look back on, and it's just it's it's going to make for some great stories. Totally. And we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back uh, with more with Shag Arrington. Hey, folks. This is Brian O'Halloran. You might know me from such iconic classic films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Vulgar. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio. Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Veronica from Clerks. It ain't 37. Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hey everybody, this is actor-musician Scott Schiaffo, best known from the Kevin Smith films Clerks and Vulgar. You are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. encourage everybody to visit our website, uh, trickykid.com. That's tricky-kid.com. Uh, we have a kind of a new revamp look, and uh, we're kind of... Also, a little bit under construction, uh, I want to tell you we're going to have a whole new, brand new, revamped one that's going to be awesome. You're going to be able to see stuff from uh, the, the documentary we're currently making on the band King's X, and this is going to be a whole new great thing that I'm very excited to, to reveal to you uh, very, very, very soon. I did have a release date, but that's been kind of pushed a little bit because of, uh, again, the current situation, but uh, we will have that up for you very uh, soon, and right now, speaking of, if you're interested in, of course, cars and iron resurrection and restoration and just the whole uh culture of cars uh there's a right now at trickykid.com there's this great uh spread that we did uh where we attended um at the, an exhibit at the Peterson Museum, which of course is kind of like, you know, the Holy Grail, the ground zero for, uh, for you know, uh, classic cars and some famous cars and everything else. And James Hetfield from Metallica had a, um, there's a, a great exhibit there called Reclaimed Rust. And we were actually were there. You guys remember that uh, we, uh, we podcast, we did an episode about this. And, uh, and so now you actually can take a look at all those great cars uh, and all those, uh, also he also has, has some great guitars in there as well. And if you go to our website, we have a whole thing. The, the exhibit is called uh, called Reclaimed Rust. And James dedicated 10 cars that are going to be part of the permanent collection there at the Peterson. Oh, cool. Okay? But to add to the actual exhibit are some one-of-a-kind guitars 
and one amp. Now, they don't get to keep the amps and the guitars. You know, something those are going to be going back to James. Those are one of a kind. Those are his. His children will be getting those, and one of them yeah. will be buried with him, right? Okay, so now, as always, with, you know, these reality uh, unscripted shows, uh, you know, there's always rumors among the cast and i try to stay away from all that sensationalistic stuff everybody has tiger king to enjoy right now but uh you know your show is no different shag so this is your chance now to debunk and have some fun i know that uh you know people i wish they could just watch the show and enjoy it just for what it is with the cars and all that but people always want to know more about the cast which is a good thing they're you know they're emotionally invested in you so uh Tell me some funny things that uh, some rumors that you've heard or just some stuff. And this is your chance to speak directly, of course, to the fans and uh, and uh, and have. Okay, well, season one, a lot of people thought we were together. Or they thought Joe's wife was cheating with him or me. <laughs> you know, with me. And, I mean, me and my lady have been together for twenty years. You know, we got a few kids together. Joe was more offended by the fact that people were insulting my lady, Danielle. Yeah, and he was like, because he's like, I know you guys aren't hooking up. You know, and he's like, but I'm offended that it affects Danielle and your kids. And so he was more on the lookout for how it affects my family. Yeah. That's the kind of guy that he is. He's a very, very stoic, humble, just amazing, patient dude. Like, Joe is truly what you see on TV times 10. Well, people don't think about Joe and Amanda own the business together. And when they're talking like parts and customers and accounting and all that stuff on the show, it's very like. They're talking about business. Yeah. You're not seeing Joe and Amanda, the husband and wife. You're seeing Joe and Amanda, the the business owners. Well, dude, I, I, I don't own the business. I'm very, I don't take a lot of the stuff seriously. I'm just negotiating and having a good time. And so she's able to relax with me and we have a lot of fun. And we said, and that's how we are in real life. Right. We, we're, it's funny because if, if you know my lady and Joe and everything, Joe and my lady are very similar in the way they're, like me and Amanda are alphas. You know, we got to be the center of attention. When that relationship would never work. <laughs> We're both too much alike, and that's why we get along in like in limited quantities. And and it's funny because people that know all of us, they get that. Yeah, and that's why they're like, it's ridiculous that people think you guys are like. <laughs> Very excited for, for the finale tonight. I know I'll be watching. My mom will be watching. Your mom Thank will be you. watching. And, you know, it, it could set some sort of television rating. Everybody's home. You've got a custom or uh, a captive audience. Uh, and so I'm, I so. I, so I'm assuming that that means that you guys are going to be returning for a season five next season. Well, we don't know. You know, we find out a few weeks after the show airs. Right. Um, because there's TV, there's streaming, there's the app, which... If you can't, if you haven't seen some of our past episodes, you can watch all of them on the app. You can even watch some of the old biker build offs on the Motor Trend app. And there's that's a whole another level of uh, uh, numbers. Yes, you for know? sure. A lot of people tend nowadays they don't like to wait week to week. What they like to just sit down and binge. And so they have to take that into consideration when they're uh, making those decisions. So we won't know about a fifth season until a few weeks after. Okay. You know. Probably towards the end of April. Well, I got a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot more of you guys, and I certainly, yeah, I certainly hope, hope so. so. Yeah, I really hope so, man, because we have a lot of fun doing it. We're still going to be doing it. It's just a lot of fun to do it and uh, showcase what we've, you know, what we do. And as long as they let us do it, we, we you know, we want to. 
Well, you know what we'll have to do is, Shag, we'll have to bring you back for when you do get uh, get returned for uh, a thing. And we'll do, a, since we did a, a season finale, we'll have to do a, a season premiere. So, you know, I don't want to jinx myself. That's yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, listen, well, Shag, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Well, dude, hey, I do appreciate your time. Like, it's been amazing. Well, enlightening and super rad like i'm super stoked we know each other now and i can't wait to meet you in person well cheers to you my friend and again and congratulations on the on the finale tonight and howdy folks this is chet garner host of the day tripper you're listening to tricky kid radio with host roy turner all right again want to thank my guest shag errington check out iron resurrection uh, it's a great, great, great show. They just have their season four finales this evening. On there's a great app where you can also can stream it, and uh, it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, the they do a lot of great work on there. And again, you know, uh, Joe, his best friend, and his brother are on there, and his wife Mandy, and it's just a, it's just a great crew. It's all shot and filmed down in Austin, Texas. And uh, we hope that they're going to return for a season five. Uh, again, also uh, love hearing you know new music uh, this week. Uh, again, from uh, from new to us at least uh, from Chef Sean and Blaze. Uh, and we got a lot of great stuff coming up for you. Make sure you check us out on Twitter under the Tricky Kid and the number two. On Instagram under DJ Tricky Kid. Make sure you subscribe when you go to Anchor.fm. Go to Anchor.fm or on the iHeartRadio app. And we will see you next week.